Welcome back to the Electric Election Road Trip. I'm Carly Matthews, the Communications Director for the Conservation Coalition. And as you can see, we're out on a boat in Louisiana, and I'm here with the Conservation Projects Manager of Ducks Unlimited, Cassidy Lejeune. Can you tell us a little bit about where we are and the significance of this area? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, welcome everyone. Uh, you're actually out on a Chafalaya Delta Wildlife Management Area. It's about a 140,000 acre wildlife management area that's run by the state of Louisiana and managed by the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Uh, we partnered with Wildlife and Fisheries, also with other partners like Energy Transfer and Cargill and a number of others to come out here and do restoration work. Absolutely. So when I kind of think of climate change, I think of Louisiana because you think of Hurricane Katrina and loss of coastline and sea level rise. Can you tell us a little bit about this project and how you're, you know, kind of restoring the, the coastline here? Sure. Uh, so, so what we're doing out here is, is trying to enhance what's happening naturally and try to help this area be sustainable. Uh, this area is actually one of the, one of the uh, better places on the coast as far as sustainability. Uh, we've come out here and did some uh, maintenance dredging to increase the amount of uh, river flow and sediment flow and freshwater flow and out, to, out into some areas that need it. For example, the area behind us is a really shallow flat that uh, what we did was uh, get more sediment and freshwater to help fill in this shallow area and create more wetlands and help to increase wetlands out here and, and make the wetlands that are out here very healthy and sustainable. Yeah, so when we were talking earlier, you said, you know, kind of rewind to the 1960s, and this was just open gulf. So can you talk about that transformation a little bit and how Ducks Unlimited is assisting nature in, in restoring this area? Yeah, absolutely. This, this area was absolutely open water back in the 1960s, and it has built naturally over time into what you see here. As much as 40,000 acres of marsh exist out here because of what nature has done. Uh, but what we're doing is we're trying to accelerate and, and further enhance uh, where, where nature stops. We pick up where, they, where it le le left off and, and try to further, further allow it to, to build and, and, uh, and, and be more efficient at building in, in places that need it. Yeah, so on the boat ride out here, we were talking about the Mississippi River, and I think for a lot of people, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, I'm not really familiar with the river, and you were saying that the river actually changes courses, you know, over time, and, and that's something that, you know, you have to deal with down here. Can you describe that a little bit for viewers who, you know, that kind of blew my mind, so talk about it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Now, it's something that happens very slowly and, and has happened over the course of uh, tens of thousands of years. It's, it's not something that, that we, we deal with in a lifetime, but uh, it, the, the Mississippi River river has changed course over the last several thousand years. It's what has built coastal Louisiana. Uh, that, that's why we have the, the abundant wetlands that we have. Uh, part of the reason why too that, that we're losing wetlands is because the river is, is uh, uh, no longer allowed to change course for a variety of reasons, uh, good and bad. Uh, but out here, this particular area is connected to the Mississippi River. Probably about a third or 30% of the Mississippi comes down the Atchafalaya River and dumps out into the Gulf, out where we're standing. And, and, uh, and, and so that, that's why this, this area is a very healthy area and a building area and, and kind of a self-sustaining area. Uh, and, and, and DU puts effort into doing work out here because it's such a great area for, for waterfowl and for waterfowl hunting and, and uh, just wetlands in general. It's, a, it's, it's very pristine and, and has a lot of diversity and a, a good mix of wildlife. And, and uh, so DU puts time and effort in trying to enhance these areas. And, and make them better. Yeah, can you talk about the economic impact a little bit of this area? You know, are, is there a lot of hunting? Is there fishing? Can you, can you expand on that? 
Absolutely. This, this, like I mentioned earlier, is part of a public wildlife management area. There is hunting and fishing opportunities. Uh, that's part of the reason why we did some of this work out here is what the dredging that we do to move freshwater and sediment also allows for boat access for hunters and people that are looking to uh, uh, go hunt waterfowl or deer or, or hogs or whatever. Uh, so that, that's definitely important. Um, that, from an economic standpoint, uh, also what DU does is, is provide funding for, for contractors to do work. Uh, for, it helps the economy, it, it, uh, especially like during a lot of this COVID stuff, uh, we actually had an exemption from the state of Louisiana to continue with our coastal restoration work. So our people and our contractors and, and the people that support the contractors were able to still work and, and do business. Yeah, this is a, a great place to come out, you know, in COVID, we think about being stuck in our houses, but, but this is beautiful and it's really nice to be out here, you know, in a time where things are a little all over the place. Um, can you talk a little bit more about all the species we find out here? I mean, coming out, we saw some alligators, some different birds. What type of habitats are provided? Yeah, so this is a really neat area that you get a mix of a little bit of everything from a, from a coastal species standpoint. Uh, you've got some uplands, you've got some wetlands, you've got shallow uh, water conditions with aquatic vegetation, which are good for ducks and for fish. Uh, this, is, this is kind of part of an estuary. You know, you've got fresh water, you've got salt water. It's all mixing. Uh, it supports a, 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 a good wealth of uh, wildlife and a lot of diversity in wildlife. This is a really neat place from a birding standpoint. Uh, but also from a from a fish and other other wildlife standpoint. Yeah, that's great. So I guess from here, you know, what what do you want to see happen with this project? Is you know, are we going to see more marshes out into a Gulf? What what's kind of the goal? You know, two to three years down the road. Okay, so so the goal two three years down the road is uh, us us doing this crevasse work and this clean out work to get fresh water and sediment out into areas that need it. Uh, what what you'll what you'll see in a couple years is some of these shallow water areas they'll they'll turn into mud flats because of our work. Uh, our work will allow for more sediment to get out there and to kind of settle out and it'll fill in the pond. Uh, and then further out, you'll you'll start to see deeper water getting shallower. So it's it's kind of a kind of step by step process. Uh, after, uh, after it kind of shallows up and becomes mud flat, then you start to see some of this vegetation kind of colonizing out there because the conditions are right. And eventually over time, it'll turn into what you see uh, in some of the more heavily vegetated areas. Yeah, just this weekend we were at Lightning Point in um, Bayou Battery, Alabama, and it was really cool to see the scientists kind of go out into the area and be so excited about how nature has just kind of taken over and, and things have really developed, you know, past what they had even planned. So how has this area kind of developed and how has nature taken over? Okay, uh, so, so again, the, the, the neat part about this is nature, nature's doing its own thing and doing a pretty good job of it. And, and us as uh, conservationists, we're coming in here and helping the process along and, and, uh, and just, just accelerating it and making it happen in places where it's no longer happening and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, what, what's, what's key is, is to, to make all this happen, I think one thing that we probably should talk about is partnerships and, and how it, it, it's not just us out here doing this. It takes, it takes a lot of uh, folks. It takes uh, uh, private partners, public partners. Just on this particular project, we got three or four partners that have come together to the table to kind of help get this, get this to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, it provides great, great habitat and, and uh, uh, gr great conditions for waterfowl. 
Yeah, so talking about partnerships, you were saying earlier that the state of Louisiana owns all this land. So when you build out, you know, that's automatically the state kind of has ownership of it and can take care of it. Um, why is that so important out here? And, you know, how does that compare to private land ownership? Well, well, the neat thing is, is uh, out here at least there's a there's there's a public access component to it, where it being it's state-owned property and it's managed by wildlife and fisheries, it's it's property that can be be used by all. Uh, it's kind of a come one come all kind of uh, mentality out here, uh, for hunting and fishing and recreating and bird watching and whatever whatever they care to do, within the the state-defined regulations, right? Um, so that that's that's a neat component, but but in coastal Louisiana, I will say that it 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 because so much of it is privately owned. For example, we were talking about earlier Conoco Phillips and Conoco being a partner of Ducks Unlimited and Conoco owning over 6, 600,000 acres of wetlands. It takes that, that, that private partnership to make, uh, to do good work and, and help uh, reduce the loss of our, our coastal wetlands. Uh, we're, we're losing wetlands at an alarming rate in Louisiana. And if we just did restoration on, on publicly owned property, uh, we would we'd do a disservice. So it, it takes not only the, the public partners, but the private partners as well, and doing work on private lands and public lands. We, we do a little bit of both because there's a need on both. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about Ducks Unlimited's work, um, you know, not just here, but kind of in the whole state of Louisiana? Yeah, sure. We, we do work uh, all across Louisiana. Uh, we actually have an office up in North Louisiana and have an office in South Louisiana. Uh, we, uh, myself, works out of the South Louisiana office and we concentrate on, on the coast and, and even some, some inland wetland areas in kind of South Louisiana. But we're, we've got, uh, on average, probably about a 12 to $14 million budget a year in Louisiana that we put towards conservation e efforts to protect, conserve, and enhance wetlands for the benefit of people in for, for waterfowl and uh, wildlife. Uh, we, we go out and we secure funding. Uh, we, we have a in-house staff, a turnkey staff of engineers, scientists, uh, surveyors. We go out, we find funding, and we, in a short period of time, relatively, in a year or two time frame, go out and, and uh, put it out on the landscape and deliver the project um, kind of as a turnkey deal. So we, we have a pretty good, pretty good sized staff in Louisiana, probably about 20, 25 people that are, that are working on conservation projects across the state. That's great. Yeah, so you were talking about earlier, you know, this is kind of the exception to the rule, right? We're gaining coastline here. What needs to be done kind of all over Louisiana? You were talking about the importance of private partnerships, but to kind of, you know, advance this goal of not losing shoreline, but gaining it. Yeah, it's a big component of it uh, to address the bigger problem, which is a very large problem. Like I mentioned earlier, we've, we've according to the state of Louisiana, we've lost uh, about 1.2 to 1.4 million acres since the 1930s and plan to stand to lose a lot more according to some of the modeling that has been done without adequate restoration to the tune of another 1.4 million. Um, so what, what it takes is, I think it takes, takes uh, funding to do it, it takes awareness, it takes making, making the coast a priority, uh, it, it's outreach, it's education, it's, it's getting people involved, uh, it's again partnerships and, and getting private funding together with public funding, with NGOs and putting it all together to, to make a difference. But it's definitely a, a needed effort and a, and a worthwhile effort. Yeah, so um, TCC right now is doing a Stand Up for Sportsmen campaign, and I can't help but think of it when we're out here. I know we talked about hunting and fishing a little bit and conservation. You know, why this area for Ducks Unlimited? You know, my, my dad's a proud member. He was a, he's been a sportsman his entire life. So what about this area is so special to hunters and fishers? 
Okay, yeah, this, this area, uh, I, again, it's, it's, it's just such a unique area. It's, it's an area that is, that is sustainable, that's, that's developing, that's building, that's, that's increasing. It's a very uh, healthy ecosystem. Um, we're, we're out here to just kind of help it along. It, it's, it's such a, a beautiful place and supports a lot of uh, fish and wildlife diversity and, and uh, it's some outstanding habitat. It's a really premier waterfowl area. It's a great place for, for waterfowlers and, and for providing waterfowl habitat because of the diversity and the habitat conditions are so good. Uh, that, that's what makes it a priority for us. Plus the, the opportunities that exist being it is public lands and people come out here and, and duck hunt and fish. Uh, you know, the duck season's fixing to start and anybody could come out and, and access this channel and, and hunt out of this channel. Uh, and previously, if we wouldn't come out here and dredge this channel, uh, they wouldn't be able to get out here and make a duck hunt as easily as they can now. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking earlier, um, we were talking about alligators and different species that were here. Um, earlier in the trip, we actually were able to talk about how bison were, were conserved through kind of private partner public um, partnerships. So how, how has that kind of happened here with alligators and, and what does that look like? Okay, so, so wildlife and fisheries uh, back, back in the day uh, did kind of put forth a campaign to save alligators uh, probably back uh, a few decades ago, 70s, 60s time frame. I'm not the best educated on it, but uh, those guys, uh, they, they, they documented, they, they noted the decline of the alligator and it was at uh, pretty, uh, pretty dismal numbers, pretty, pretty bad situation, and they stepped in to try to save the alligator and did an amazing job. Uh, it was through the efforts of the folks at Rockefeller Refuge in southwest Louisiana. And, uh, and again, it, it wasn't just wildlife and fisheries, it was a partnership. It was alligator industry and everything else. But they went in and they, they saved the alligator and, and kept it from uh, becoming a, an extinct species or, or uh, on the verge of being extinct, especially uh, with the numbers at where they're at in Louisiana. But it was, a, it was a program they went in to collect alligator eggs and, and uh, hatch them out in, in captivity and raise them and release them back into the wild to make sure they had good uh, productivity levels and, and recruitment. So, uh, that, that really, really neat success story. Yeah, I mean, coming out here, I think we saw upwards of 10. So that was really cool. I mean, we haven't been here for that long. Um, yeah, so I think kind of going off of that, um, you know, what other sort of species or do you see out here? I know we talked about birds. We were talking about raccoons earlier. Can you talk about a little bit about the hogs? I think that's something kind of unique um, that a lot of people might not know about. Yeah, so so the th there's a little bit of everything. Like like I mentioned earlier, uh, you, everything that's that's uh, commonly found in coastal Louisiana, you can find it out here for the most part. It's uh, it's a very unique place and has a lot of habitat diversity, which supports a, a diverse amount of wildlife. Right, you get good habitat and a variety of habitat conditions. You get a good mix of wildlife. Uh, the hog issue is actually uh, it's they're feral hogs, so it's not a good thing for the coast. They cause a lot of problems. Uh, uh, many issues for a variety of reasons, but they've made it out here. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier that the numbers are a little bit down, probably due to some storm activity, you know, the hurricanes and other things, uh, but they make it out here. You wouldn't believe it, but they survive out here. They live on the ridges and the high ground and, and uh, they, they make it, but uh, more of a nuisance than anything else. Yeah, so I've, I've been on the trip for about a week, but we've been traveling the country and we don't have too much time left on this episode. So I kind of want to ask, I've been noticing even in my short time here that things are really building and we're, see, we're hearing kind of the same things from people all over the country. And I just kind of would like to ask you, what do you hope that we see for the rest of the trip? What do you think we should be seeing out, um, you know, we're going back towards the West Coast? 
back towards the west coast. Uh, so are you asking about what, what should y'all be seeing in Louisiana or? No, like for the rest of the country, what do you think is going to work to, you know, address our environmental challenges that maybe worked here and, and would work somewhere else? I, uh, I guess the, the biggest thing is, is maybe just the, the awareness of, uh, of environmental issues and it's neat that you guys are doing stuff like this to kind of, kind of make it available and educate people about it and, and uh, you know, outreach goes a long way to kind of inform folks of some of the issues and the problems at hand. You know, nowadays with uh, the access to social media and the connectivity because of internet and that sort of thing, it, it's really out there and, and people can uh, have a better handle on it uh, at the touch of their fingers on a cell phone. So that, that's, I guess, the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Cassie. It's been a real pleasure talking to you out here in this beautiful landscape. We couldn't ask for a, a prettier day. Um, and to the viewers of the Electric Election Road Trip, um, we are in Louisiana for a couple more hours, and then we'll see you in Houston for our next episode. Thanks for watching. Mm -hmm.